This is a Hub Hopper original. You are listening to Winning Edge Talks podcast. I am Vishwanath, your host. You now be listening to the audio recording of the panel discussion I had with a few football experts on the uh, just concluded Euro Cup 2020. Welcome to the Winning Edge Talk Show. This is Vishwanath, your host. I'm a sports uh, mental conditioning coach and the author of Success Mantra in Sports. I train a uh, sports person to help them improve their mind game. Okay, the Euro Cup uh, 2020 is uh, drawing to a close. The finals is slated for tomorrow. Italy and England are already in the finals and uh, uh, yeah, I am very sure all of you might have been very uh, pleased and enjoyed seeing the matches on the uh, of the Euro Cup and seeing all your favorite players in action. And um, especially after the pandemic, uh, sports has started in a big way and uh, uh, spectators have come back to the uh, stadium. Spectators add a lot of uh, color, gaiety and noise. I still... Uh, hear the drums, you know, boom, 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 in my, still ringing in my ears. Uh, there was so much of noise and uh, fun in the stadium. Okay, now today we are here to discuss on how the tournament uh, progressed and uh, what uh, we can express from the finals uh, tomorrow. I have with me three young football experts and uh, these guys, you know, play football, uh, breathe football, and uh, live football. So, guys, welcome to the show. Okay, let me introduce uh, uh, Anupraj. Anupraj uh, has been a professional football player for about nine years now. He's currently playing for FC Bangalore United. He is a licensed uh, football coach and holds a AFC B diploma. Welcome to the show, Anup. Thank you. Happy to be on the show. I have uh, young Gigimon William here. He too is a professional footballer, played uh, BDFA Divisional uh, League. Um, he is currently playing and coaching for the Samant Sports Academy. Yes, and he is an expert with the Spanish football methodology. Okay, he has worked with uh, Bangalore FC and the Decathlon Sports India Private Limited. Welcome on board, Ijimon. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, sir. Thank it's you, you're most welcome. Then, last but not the least, I have with me Mr. Charming Anand Sindhu from Delhi. Okay, Anand Sindhu was a, a former manager of football development uh, with the OFC, formerly the uh, Delhi Dynamos. OFC is Orissa uh, Football Club. He does a lot of uh, manual football analytics. He runs his uh, YouTube channel, the FBL Escapades, which is dedicated to football. Thank you for joining us, uh, Anand. Thank you so much. Now, uh, let's get into action. Okay, my first question is to Anupraj. Anup, this Euro Cup 20 saw a lot of upsets and surprises with the fancy teams like Germany, France, Belgium, and Portugal 
being eliminated why is it that the best teams always don't win tournaments uh, that's the beauty of the game uh, football that uh, you never know who's going to win if we look very closely any every game analyze and put down into paper it's not going to be like this team is going to win if it was that easy i'm not i'm very sure no no one would have enjoyed football and no one would have stayed up so late watching the matches so and then we come where denmark and switzerland upsetting the favorites of the of the tournament who were france and belgium and like you mentioned portugal so all credit goes to the managers of the team who have planned out their team very well got their team into structure the conditioning they have the solid management which is done a great job plan their strategies and the players who have done a great job in executing in the plan now it is all down to them where it comes to the final countdown where it's england and italy but then you the main reason one of the main reason why england and italy has come so far which i think is because the matches which they played before coming into the tournament the world cup qualifiers they had a very good uh, three matches before coming they won the matches before coming a good momentum to set up the boys are confident and a winning mentality is already set in which always is good for the team when you are in a good mentality the team is always in a good shape you are in a positive mode so always it's better when you're coming from there and it's not that it was it like i said it wouldn't be that easy that if you just pull down on paper and say this team is going to win it's not going to be that the team which is going to play on that day that team is going to win that's football yeah thank you anup anup yeah. this question is also for you anup during our chat before the start of this show you were talking about a group of death okay can you tell us uh, in greater detail what this is all about a group of death it looks terrifying <coughs> Oh, yeah. yeah the group of death uh, three of the best teams which is ranked on the top 15 in the world cup ranking fifa world cup ranking ranking uh, france the world cup champion ranking 7th uh, portugal the euro cup champions and uh, ranking 15 uh, germany the one of the most uh, tough competitors who have won four world cups already all the three have been put up in one group which means they are already competing against each other so they all competing each other with along with hungary which that's the group of death but uh, sadly all the three teams which qualified sadly didn't qualify for the round of 16 didn't come after the round of 16 they didn't make it to the round of 16 so that's the group of death which okay. uh, which had the best teams but not carried away okay i remember they just uh, recently concluded uh, french open uh, yeah. this is what we came to understand that uh, all the three greats of tennis uh, federer jokovic and uh, uh, rafa nadal uh, if they had reached the last four they would be playing you know that's how what happened when uh, uh, nadal played uh, jokovic in the semi finals so that was also a group of death okay now jijuman i am coming to you next uh, yeah which of the which of the final four teams have played the best football relative to their capabilities Uh, I would say Italian. Yeah, my next question: Which one's players' performance stands out the most according to you? Okay, so I would tell Italy because uh, have probably played the best overall, but they were top seeds and reaching the semi-finals and going up to the finals were something their objective was to. And most of the team's objective is to go to the finals and win the final cup. So, if the question who has overachieved if you tell me i would tell uh, it is denmark because they created a miracle in this euro cup so i thought they were the solid outstanders but after the first two games and after the 
Christian Eriksen's injury. I mean, everyone would have thought that's the end of Denmark in that season. But after that, they gave a surprise to everyone, a wonderful miracle to most of the teams also. Like they came up, like they had a winless. I mean, they had a win. I mean, not a loss also. They had a great wins ahead after that matches, and. and they had a good wingers mikel doing it some great emerging he had been the one of the best emerging player i can tell yeah and if you tell me the overall like till semi finals i would have tell i would tell uh, denmark did a great job and after the semi finals tell is one of the best team i can tell oh thank you for that jijuma uh, okay anand sindhu uh, which teams according to you did decently or exceptionally well which are those players Who are the unsung heroes of this tournament? Yeah. So regarding all the best teams, we already know Italy, England. Anup has already to, uh, spoken about them. Jiju already mentioned about uh, Denmark, who you know overachieved. And regarding unsung heroes, and kind of exceptionally well, but I would like to stick with unsung uh, teams. You know, teams that uh, lots lot of people did not expect to do well. I start with. Uh, Denmark and Switzerland I think both of them were remarkable in this tournament and both of them actually recorded the most number of goals for 90 minutes and both of them also recorded the most number of assists for 90 minutes amongst the best teams that you know outperformed and uh, coming to three more teams now Sweden Ukraine and Czech Republic I found they were really good as well uh Ukraine and Czech Republic also reached the quarter finals uh, so that just shows that they did a really good job too and their managers have done really uh, good job regarding unsung heroes coming to just simply talking about some of the players that may not play for the best of teams but did really well in terms of striker i have listed down three strikers one is from Do- uh, denmark that is dolberg and another is uh, from uh, ukraine who is yaramchuk and then we have shik patrick shik from uh, czech republic who actually ended up scoring five goals and a wonder goal uh, from his own half he scored one So that was a really good goal too. Regarding midfielders, I think Jiju uh, has already mentioned one of the players, and his name is Damsard. He's a 21-year-old boy. Uh, scored a couple of goals and given one assist. Scored the wonder free kick goal in the semi-final. So Damsard is one of the midfielders that really stole uh, the show for me. And then Yarmolenko again uh, for Ukraine. Why Ukraine reached the quarterfinals is because of Yarmolenko. He scored a couple of goals and provided two assists as well. Uh, then there is Forsberg. Forsberg from Sweden. did really well again and regarding sweden one thing i really like about them is the fact that uh, sweden were in the group with spain and they finished first above spain this shows uh, a lot about them as a team too and uh, forsberg was instrumental for them he scored uh, three goals in the tournament and there were some there were a couple of midfielders like you know old old guns but uh, they never failed to perform uh, for their countries and that's shakiri and vinaldum So Shakiri scored uh, three goals and so did Vinaldum and all the and both the players were really good for their teams. Uh, now we discussed strikers and uh, midfielders, but coming to defenders, although uh, Scotland uh, got knocked out of uh, the Euros uh, just after the group stage, but Robertson was so so good in this tournament again. It just it was a pity that uh, he he produced three key passes for 90 minutes, but there was nobody at the end of it to score, convert those chances. and uh, talking about uh, some other uh, you know defenders there is Joachim Mele from Denmark he scored a couple of goals and uh, provided a couple of assists as well so Joachim Mele playing from left wing back it was an amazing uh, player this tournament and he was a, he was playing for Denmark 
and then we have Vladimir Sufal. So Vladimir Sufal playing for uh, Czech Republic was again really good. He was one of the his uh, his tackling per interception uh, for 90 minutes was actually the highest in the in the tournament, and uh, he also provided a few assists here and there. I think it was two or three, and because of him, Czech Republic. Uh, kind of uh, reached the quarters as well, and uh, they they beat Netherlands in round of 16. Um, and there was another uh, spectacular unsung hero in terms of defender, and he was Dumfries from Netherlands. So Dumfries was really good from open play. He scored a couple of goals, and uh, once he was fouled inside the box because of him, there was a penalty as well that Depay ended up scoring. So these are uh, you know defenders that we don't we haven't heard a lot uh, before or were not. Expected to do really well, but they ended up doing really, really well, and because of that, we see the likes of Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland, all these all these countries uh, reaching uh, quarterfinals and beyond. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Anand. Thank you for showing us that bird's eye view about all those unsung heroes uh, under one roof. Thank you so much. Okay, Jujuman, uh, yeah. this Belgium's golden generation missed a chance of winning a major tournament. Okay. Uh, it's been very, very long since Belgium won a tournament. Uh, can yeah. you throw some light on it? Uh, yes. So it's like this squad was like one of the best squad I can tell. Like it was a gifted squad to the Belgian country. So, but yes, the chance for this uh, generation to win something has been gone. I guess so because like most of them might retire and anything can happen. Like. Like I cannot assure things like that, so they're not getting any better or younger players till now. So it's hard enough to tell uh, has they had an opportunity to win this European Championship or a World Cup. So never mind when the core of the team is coming ahead. No one knows who's gonna be the next generation coming up. Has uh, this season we saw a lot of youngsters coming up and they are doing great things. Like has uh, Anand had told a few players who were like amazing. Like no one expected them doing something great like this. So everyone was like focusing on Cristiano Ronaldo or like many players like that, but no one knew about Denmark who's gonna do like this so great things and all. So and anything can happen. Like so, let's hope for the best for the Belgian to get a new generation or the current squad giving them an example to the future generation, getting new players. Hope for the best. Thank you, Anupraj. Sorry guys. What have you say about uh, Denmark's amazing run up to the semi-finals? Considering what happened to Christian Eriksen in their first match, uh, they had a very emotional start to the tournament, uh, losing out one of their key players and losing that game, losing the first two games. But uh, they came stronger against Russia, winning it four-one, and that gave them the biggest uh, chance to qualify for the as one of the third best team, which gave them uh, got them to the round of sixteen. But then after that, uh, the team was boosted up. They played brilliantly against Wales. Thrashing them 4-0, which gave uh, which gave the boys a very very good uh, boost, and then they had a good game again against uh, Czech Republic. They started off very well 2-0, and at halftime they they were comfortable. But then coming back a little sloppy and conceded one goal. But then they they played hard to pull it off. 2-1 was a good win for them to take them to semis. The biggest game of the tournament I would say was against uh, England, the semi-final. A brilliant uh, free kick, like uh, Anand already mentioned. Uh, brilliant free kick in the 30th minute and put them th- put the team in the lead. But an unfortunately, an own goal, which uh, which unfortunate, and they conceded. And then 
in the extra time it was very disappointing they played so well hard the whole team fought so hard and they conceded a penalty and and shimaikil did outstanding in that game he was too good in the game and then a brilliant save but unlucky the ball bounced back to kane and he had an easy tap in so i would say denmark had a very good tournament a very good team Uh, very unlucky, but the most promising team of the tournament, I would say. Would you say that uh, the incident of uh, Christian Eriksen suffering an attack, heart attack, maybe it would have uh, inspired the whole team and um, challenged definitely. them and lifted their spirits to do well? Yeah, definitely, it would have boosted the team because uh, as a coach or the manager, whoever it was who joined it, and the the captain coming up uh, during the game, the first game where Eriksen fell down, he yeah. took the initiative. Yeah. came up to the referee everything we saw all that on the tv so yeah. all that plays a big role motivating the boys boosting the boys we are playing for him we are losing one out of our one of our, it's when you playing football it's like a team it's a family yeah. so when you lose one of your family member you fight for him yeah so yeah that's what would have happened and uh, the team fought very well it boosted them and i'm sure erickson would have been a very proud guy watching their boys coming coming taking every game strength to strength and yeah. played well, brilliantly yeah now there is one more point i would like to make uh, just uh, the day after he suffered the attack the very next day the doctor said you know he is out of danger and you know maybe uh, an important injection they gave him and he his life was saved maybe uh, even that would have lifted the spirits of the whole team you know they would they felt very happy that uh, nothing serious happened and uh, erickson came out uh, you know out of danger and maybe they felt they were very relieved and happy and that uh, translated into their performance true yeah. that would have been, if you losing out on a, one of your team member it would have been a yeah. big loss for the team yeah, and yes. the team would have been in a depression state true. so coming back from there if they are telling the players out of danger would have boosted the team motivated the team yeah inspired the boys to fight for him yeah, yeah. always there's a blessing in these guys yeah. okay anand singh i'm coming to coming to you next i have two questions for you maybe you can combine both of them and uh, continue with your uh, comments uh, or opinion uh, great players have faltered when it matters most in crunch games uh, muller missed a easy shot at the goal that cost germany the match morata missed a penalty shootout after he scored just spain's first goal which was an equalizer you know then uh, they from hero to villain is how the media has described him penalty shootouts uh, in fact are a tricky business it has reduced great players to mockery in minutes that's what happened to morata okay uh, one is why does this happen and my next question is uh, uh, the spanish fans of late have abused and criticized morata for his poor performance they have issued death threats and trolled him and his family members endlessly how much could all have these affected morata mentally Uh, did it, has it affected uh, his uh, performance of late? I spoke to some of the football uh, fans, and they said um, he's not been in very good form in the last six months. So go ahead, Anand. Yeah. So first of all, it is uh, really unfortunate to see these players becoming some sort of joke or scapegoat uh, because of an incident in a particular match. And uh, talking about Morata, it was him who actually got them back in the match. Uh, Muller missed a chance against England. That was uh, when the score was one-zero. And uh, honestly speaking, had Germany taken their chances before that Muller miss, that miss wouldn't have even mattered. 
And similarly, even the match against Italy, somehow a lot of people I, I'm, I'm talking to, they're saying that Spain was the better team against Italy. Although Italy has been phenomenal throughout the tournament, but on that particular day, the kind of chances that Spain were getting uh, throughout the matches, it felt like they could have scored more goals. And it was eventually in the in the end that Morata came on and actually scored a goal and uh, uh, got them to the penalties. Uh, so, yeah, the criticism is really harsh on him. Uh, if you're just talking about that particular match, well, if it is about a six-month thing or a one-year period, then I'm pretty sure if somebody is not uh, performing well or brilliantly, then the coaches and the managers will take a decision on that and it should be in the hands of the coaches. Now, regarding their abuse and everything that these players get, and how does it affect uh, the players mentally? Definitely, it should or it does to most of the players. And uh, death threats and racial abuse or uh, things uh, against equality or against uh, or anything, even a women footballer playing uh, or we asking them questions, do you know more football or can you play more, better football? Every, everything out there. I think uh, these fans, sometimes uh, they write without uh, any sort of thought process. And that is why recently of late, all the Premier League clubs actually banned social media for a week. So they did not uh, publish any of the content on uh, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. They did it for a week and they opened up again on June. Uh, so that uh, this was their voice, the football club's voice to all the social media platforms. That when, when somebody makes an account, kindly go and verify it. So that when these guys, they abuse uh, these players. Uh, on social media, they could be held ransom and there could be some sort of actions that could be taken against them because their account is verified, so all the details are there with the social media team. Anand, uh, I would like to interrupt, interrupt you know. So that's yeah. not possible. That is a debate going on in India uh, where the war against Twitter. So the most democracies gives you a freedom of uh, expression and uh, it's very hard to take action against uh, such guys. And uh, now that's what uh, the Indian government is asking Twitter to do. Uh, you do all the monitoring, you you do all the filtering and you delete those tweets, you know, you back blacklist them. It's a very hard thing. There's a very thin line, you know, in between uh, yeah. the action. I think uh, uh, the fans have to be very reasonable because it's very easy to comment, you know. Uh, it's not easy to yeah. go there and play, you know, what, what, the, the number of years of service and uh, I mean, uh, the sacrifice, the dedication, and uh, these players put into is not very easy. It's, so the fans have to be more responsible before they uh, pass on an irresponsible comment. Okay, continue, Anand. Yeah, I mean, you've spoken uh, enough and, uh, you know, absolutely nail all points that the fans have to be more accountable. But I hope uh, if the social media accounts, they can verify you as a person based on your certain documents, like your Aadhaar or linkage to something like that. I think uh, the fans definitely will become more responsible for sure because then yeah. they could be held responsible for whatever they're doing. Yeah. And yes, I understand that you cannot punish them for uh, laughing at you, for example. But if they do uh, comment and abuse or some racial slurs that we've seen has happened, you can take some actions uh, on uh, you know on them. But uh, may not be very hard. But kind of banning them uh, from you know uh, entering the stadium. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these things can have an impact on players, but in the time there are no actions, I think the players can just, uh, the one word that is, is to just focus on their game and uh, stand up when something happens. Uh, if, they are, if they are abused or anything, then stand up for it and, uh, you know, go through the channel and raise a complaint. 
for whatever they can but uh, don't take law in your hands and yeah just focus on the game and i'm pretty sure even if it has an effect if you are mentally strong and you have a good character and if you have good people around you if you have a good club around you then you can pass all these hurdles yeah, yeah. this is what i think yeah i would like to there add a day you know there might be a day when uh, we may see all the restrictions coming into play and uh, uh, let's see okay now uh, other person i was uh, trying to recollect was uh, basquez who also missed a goal okay now please go ahead anand uh, tell us why great players and teams falter when it matters most um so we were talking uh, uh, off the camera about this and uh, once sir alex ferguson said uh, you know one thing uh, that he used to tell all his players and that was focus 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 you know that's the most important thing so sometimes when you're taking those penalties and those key uh, shots sometimes you're not decisive enough i mean you are in a dilemma whether you want to shoot left or right or maybe you are thinking of the opponent too much maybe you're thinking about the goalkeeper just before or sometimes again the focus is the end game and if it deviates then you may end up missing a chance or something like that but at the end of the day it's sports it's competitive it's fast Uh, any person who has played football would know that it's not that easy all the time and even if you are focused and everything uh, it could be it could be on anything maybe you were 10 on 10 that particular day but your opponent was 11 on that 10 in that particular day and sometimes it's like you've taken a, a brilliant shot but the keeper goes and makes a top corner save now yeah. you took a brilliant shot and but the keeper was 11 out of 10 nobody has seen such a save before in their life so you did your best but the keeper was important and that one key moment in such big matches that is what we we see in a lot of big matches the scoreline is 1-0 or one penalty miss and the team lost and these small elements because of this you can sometimes lose a match but doesn't mean the quality is not there these are professional football players and they reach an international stage so i think the criticism is very harsh and do you wanted to add something i was just hearing yeah yeah so ha- like you might be knowing you've been working in isl also so so the organization have come up like with and a law like when the fans abuses a referee or against the team of uh, traveling team or the home team so the organization have come up like now like they can find the club so fans uh, like fans have to get to know that like whatever the fan is doing so fans are doing support they have come for supporting the team but what they do is like when they are abusing the opponents or the referee the the team is getting fined so you might be knowing in isl also when they abuse yes. the referees so that is the club get offended for it and they have to pay a huge some amount for uh, the organization so thing is like the name of the club is going not nothing big deal so the fans have to understand that it's just a game i mean you need to enjoy the game has i told like you need to support the team but you need to support the opponents also because they have been working hard it's been three months of training they are doing and they are coming for just a match so so all the players have to be respected even the referees have to be respected referees do mistakes but it's like where the point of view they see so they also get fined when they like they have a organization committee sitting after the matches they get fined like if the referee has done something mistake the where the penalty should not be given and is given the penalty he pays the amount for it to the organization so everything has its way of things going on so fans have to see that and they have to just enjoy and support the team and respect all the players that's what i want to say okay anand you were uh, talking about mentioning focus okay as a sports psychologist what i would like to add is uh, speaking about focus 
Uh, you can look at your focus uh, because of the external distractions and great uh, the professional footballers have already been used to that external distractions but it is their internal distractions that is uh, most killing you know uh, especially the your their thoughts what goes on inside their head so while while they are taking an important penalty uh, the team uh, relies on you it's a very important shot and uh, at that time what is going on inside your head is very important if you are thinking positive if you are thinking already seeing that goal being scored if you are visualizing the goal going into the goal post uh, or you are saying that i can do it and if you are thinking out how to do it it's all fine if they are thinking saying in their head they you know why saying that what if i miss uh, will my country accept me i will banished my fans will hate me and i will let my team down uh, when the negative thoughts are going inside your head it affects on the body and ultimately so many times they end up playing weak shots which are easily fielded by the uh, goalkeeper so uh, anand continue anand i to- think i agree uh, because of stress that could, uh, stress and health can actually lead to stress in the body and the muscular stress which we will talk about in some time and uh, and definitely spot on over there i think uh, that is why it's so important to be focused about and just uh, just forget whatever is happening around when you are in that position especially taking that penalty yeah and we were talking about great players so we know we can't we won't call anybody great easily it's because of his track record that has given him his greatness his excellence okay these people you know at crucial times when whole team and country is banking upon them it's when that put extra pressure on them and they are humans after all this extra pressure the weight of expectations also affects their game it can happen okay jijo uh, uh, you are a expert on spanish methodology of football okay uh, what do i have to say about the older style of uh, spanish game that's the tiki-taka style which was uh, um, what brought into play by del bosco and uh, how do you what do you say about the present uh, style of play with the spanish side and what are you to say about this young spanish side okay uh, yeah, boy it's your turn yeah so i would have uh, like yes the tiki taka was one of the best uh, style of play and everyone followed that even in few of the clubs in india we followed that by the spanish coaches where they coached the clubs in india even wherever because that was one of the best methodology ever you can tell like it's been known for that i mean spanish methodology is known for is one of the best style of play so the trend now is that the most talented young spanish players that feature in the squad have moved away from spain so they're searching for like better academic standards or the administrations so earlier it was like the spanish spanish players used to play only in the region of spain like valencia they used to play in valencia barcelona or real madrid so where they used to use this tiki taka a bit i mean i'm not telling you the complete way but they used to use this uh, during the training or during a practice match they used to use this style of play but now they have moved down to the other uh, a region of play like they play english premier league so they they does not use much of tiki taka over there so they play their different different styles so this tournament may be taken up has an opportunity to conduct a series of control experiments so because like i can tell you like this was a experimental squad i can tell you what the spain has uh, given up so thing is like for further i can tell they might uh, use this squad in different way of style or they might come back with the tiki taka anything can happen because day by day the new way of styles have been coming up as you can tell indian team also played a they have a different play of style and they have succeeded in that play also 
so it depends on the coach what he what he does the analysis on the opponents so they sit and they watch how the opponents are doing mm-hmm. and they prepare a style of play against them because now tiki taka has become the common that everyone follows so you cannot play with the same team which is going to use the tiki taka and you are going to play with that same so it's been already targeted so they know so how can to how to defend that style so to say in the simple words it's like a new mindset and so it's just an experimental squad and i can tell like for the future upcoming tournaments i can tell you the spain is going to do great because their style of play and their teachings to their coaches like com- upcoming coaches as i have been learning from spanish uh, coaches my education educators were from spain so they taught me few styles and it's been growing up they they're growing up their style so yes okay okay uh, i about these young ah uh, i think somebody is coming in can i interrupt yeah yeah, yeah. is it anu uh, so yeah oh you come in come in yeah i was saying uh, like jiju uh, was telling about uh, the spanish style of football before if you see you had all the spain players playing for the spanish league but now most of the spanish players have moved out to play the french league and the epl and most of the english premier league players have come here so the what happens is they are play, they are playing the system throughout but now what happens is they already moved out and they are playing different styles of play like what he said and now what's happening other players also getting uh, accustomed to this uh, style of play where they're getting used to it and they know what's going to happen how they're going to play and what's happening so we already read what's happening and the other coaches are already prepared for what is this so it's getting little old so what what now is going to happen what uh, like we see uh, bielsa in leeds united coach he's played he's played a, the same style of football but in a more attacking way but spain are playing the same style of football but they're not attacking like you see if they had uh, most of the games if you see they've kept the uh, ball for 70% 72% but they have only had only five shots in the goal that is we need to see more attacking football that's when you attack more when you attack the goal that's when you're going to get score uh, goals uh, what do you say jijo about that yeah yeah so that's what i told like uh, because now tiki taka has become old style of play so everyone knows how to play even the small kids know how to play tiki taka now so before it was like something tiki taka oh my god it's going to be great i mean it's the toughest uh, play and it's going to be hard to us to play against that team but now it has become like okay we know the way of game because now when the t- player from spain travels to another region of play and he interacts with the team so it becomes he shares few things with them so they also get to know when they are playing against each other in the national uh, matches so they know so the coaches also have traveled they have been playing they have been coaching english premier league clubs and spain clubs and french leagues also so thing is like now spain this as i told this was a just a experimental team because they have uh, got the new players coming up in and future also i'm sure like we'll be getting new players also so it's just an experimental team so where they can uh, just experiment like they can try the new things and all so like has uh, future com- upcoming tournaments coming they will try for a new better ways and they can learn i mean it's football is like a game where you learn from mistakes it's not like you are expertized in that you learn from mistakes and you try to does, don't repeat that mistakes again so i'm sure like they spain is going to give a good competition i mean they gave a good com- competition in this but few mistakes were there 
i feel like finishing was lacking in between them so they were holding the game but finishing was not much great in that team so that's okay, what i think jishuman do you think this young spanish side has the makings of becoming a champion side in the near future will they go on to win a cup uh, uh that's a tricky question to me i can tell because uh, because i cannot tell which team is going to win the world cup because but, i but can tell. can they can they uh, yes. bring into yes. a champion side you know yes yes i can tell yes because they have the better coaches coming up in mm-hmm. and they have good players coming and they have a good exposure to play the leagues so they have a great clubs like no because in spain what they do is like they start training from under 7 so they have leagues from for under 7 under 8 under 10 so they start with under 7 grassroots leagues they start okay so but we find in few countries uh, we don't find that we just directly start with under 14 or most probably under 12 also coming up in some leagues and under 18 so okay. in spain what they start training okay. the under 7 kids itself okay. so they okay. teach them we are running the short of time i'll go to the next question anupraj uh, this is for you uh, a player can miss a penalty <laughs> or a defender can miss uh, fail to tackle the opponent strike which can lead into a goal okay now uh, uh, now you are a, you are a striker and uh, you are you are not able to um, convert a brilliant pass into a goal or you can you can miss that opportunity after all these uh, incidents how can the players feel you know how uh, how much will it affect their future performance in the match and um, uh, then how will they able to Uh, uh come back you know refocus and come back into the uh, side and it can also happen to great teams you know uh, when uh, when they suddenly you know i remember the brazilian side of uh, when they played uh, germany in 2014 uh, world cup in 7 minutes uh, they scored four goals and a brazilian side blacked out okay and they were not able to come back from then on it can also happen to the great of great teams now uh, what will uh, Uh, what will you do when something can go wrong like this and how are you how are all the players thought you know uh, to uh, refocus it is, it is, it is normal to yes. go through these mistakes and it, it happens in the game mm-hmm. every we are all we are all human beings and we are tend we tend to make mistakes but uh, the most what we learn during training we don't uh, we, we train to make new mistakes so that you learn from them again and again on a different day but uh, this is normal it depends on the player right now like uh, like how anand said that i'm over the fan putting pressure on the player put out or anything uh, missing a penalty or missing a free kick or missing a good open chance it depends but then now it comes down to how the player's mentality is like uh, cristiano ronaldo says he is a beast so he says you train your mind as much as you train your body the mental so it is very important how you train your mental skills yeah. so now it is so uh, it depends on the player like how he strain his mind is going to think again again he is not going to do well the next next move again so now it is up to the players and the coaches to motivate him to inspire him to encourage him push him up so that he does better he might be one of the most key players yeah but then he could have done a mistake that's that's very normal for anyone to do just encourage him so that he does much better and come on let's go we can get another goal let's yeah. go he must have done a penalty it's okay yeah. it it happens and yeah. it's all about how you train your mind maybe and we have like all the professionality now have sports psychologists so you it's time most biggest motivating thing and yeah. uh, yoga and meditation we have a lot of things now so, so it's all about the mindset uh, it's all about the mindset anup that's yeah. what we train the players to do 
uh, we take them to these uh, desensitization sessions where we take them onto those bad incidents and uh, we expose the incident again and again to them and we through our the different mindset you know we teach them how to let go and how to uh, not to think about what has happened has happened it won't come back how to let go how to forget it and focus once again so more you are thinking about it more you are going to sp- spoil the present moment and your future game you know it's all about mindset uh, you need to be trained and uh, speaking about the team mindset i was saying you know even uh, brazil hired a sports psychologist that time the psychologist came two months earlier and uh, but still you know uh, they wanted to win that uh, world cup desperately in 2014 because it happened in brazil but it didn't help because uh, they need to develop this mindset suddenly things can't change okay they should be they should know what to do when things go wrong you know uh, how to it's all about training as you said training the mind and uh, stimulating the those situations and uh, using that you know that suddenly you can't do anything you know even the mind it can't happen suddenly okay now great thank you for that answer now uh, anand uh, there has been relentless football since 2020 when football um, began post the uh, covid when tournaments began uh, once again there is an increase in the muscular injuries owing to this do you have any stats on this why do these injuries occur um so since uh, when we compare the 2016 euros and when we compare the 2016 to basically the 2020 euros we've seen a rise of 38% in terms of absence oh uh, now when we remove uh, the covid uh, related isolations the muscle injuries have increased to 21% and uh, till the round of 16 stage in the group stage the muscle in, uh, muscle injuries had increased by 31% so there is a rise of injuries even in the quarters we saw players uh, like some really key players like embolo from uh, switzerland uh, spinazzola from italy who was there flying uh, left wing back and we also saw chadli nasser chadli from belgium who who just came on played some minutes and then got injured uh, because of a muscle injury now the reason is uh, like you have already mentioned in the question uh, since 2016 uh last year the football has not stopped uh so because last year what happened was because of covid a lot of matches was played uh, in june and the season got, season was finished in august so uh, and the new season uh, started in september and so the players they got a break of hardly 2 3 weeks and since september the the season is uh, going and it's uh, 10th of july and the season is still ongoing as we speak uh from 12th or, or from some some time uh, the tokyo olympics is going to start and a lot of footballers are also going to play the tokyo olympics and there is also going to be the african cup of nations and then premier league which is the english premier league they have already announced that the premier league will start on 13th of august so we are already in july the olympics is about to happen and then the african cup of nations is also about to happen and basically there is no rest at all and the season is ongoing earlier there used to be a break of a month or something like that and there was a break in the january window but now there is no break at all uh, since the june of last year and it is still as ongoing like we just discussed and uh, it is now going to stop the next may in 2022 the season will end then so it's, it's a complete jam packed season and uh, the reason that why muscular injuries have increased is because there has been no break or there has been some short breaks and because of that there has been tension in the muscle and uh, because of these muscular tensions we we are seeing a lot of muscular injuries it's not it's not something that people don't know but 
why people are not stopping is because of the broadcasting rights and the money that people are getting through it um unfortunately the players are going professional players especially they have to they are uh, you know uh, carrying the burden of it um but yeah i hope uh, uh, the football federations they improve this because the stats are already out uh, uh, an increase of 30% is huge actually yeah but there is one more factor anand uh, see uh, playing uh, continuous uh, playing tournaments continuously under tremendous stress under stress your muscles also tense up they tend to break okay so this uh, playing uh, continuously you know uh, under stress is also responsible for your injuries so you also have to keep that in mind it's also important how you rest and recover as you said playing continuously has a, a harm has a, a detrimental harm on the mind and the body and uh, again they also need to be trained how to uh, maintain you know how to manage stress stress is another factor here okay uh, now jijuman uh, uh, football is a fast and furious and aggressive sport does it require a footballer to be excited and aroused all the time like it appears for us on the screen what is the ideal mentality uh, he must show to bring out good performance how do footballers maintain emotional control on the pitch yeah okay uh one of the good question because like most of the players who are giving the debut because this this season this tournament we could see most of the new players coming up so obviously they'll have a good uh, anxiety to play for the nation i mean playing for a nation is not a small thing so they'll be too excited to play for it but we do have to control because if you want to play a match you need to be calm minded because football is a game where you use your mind and your strength so if you have a fresh mind you can do uh, we can use our mind and use uh, tactics or tactical moves and all so as a coach i would create a positive environment so if, how to handle a player's emotions like if the player is having any emotional because we need to look into that also before the match so we as i was a player when i had a coach so he used to before a match or after our training section he used to make us lie down in the ground and he used to tell us to watch the sky and just dream about your best moment in your life oh, visualization yeah, yeah yeah so we used to think about that because we used to forget all the things all our pains because in the i mean no one is without the pain everyone has a pain in their life so we, we cannot think about it during the match or before the match because that can spoil the person's uh, match and even the team also can go undergo that problem if he's uh, if he's not playing well so as a coach i would create a positive environment talk to players about their issues promote a great behavior not just a get i just don't want to focus on the performance i just want to see the great behavior in themselves mm-hmm. know the players emotions lead them to mindfulness practice mindfulness practice in sense uh, have a good interaction with the team yeah not just see, mindfulness is about being in the present moment being in the present tense and not thinking too much about the outcomes just do yeah. your process right and the yeah. outcome will come according to your uh, yeah. game so yeah. i can in this i can give an example of denmark so if they had a loss continuous two matches loss they had a great well uh, living the squad mm-hmm. so that if they had that pressure in their mind even all if even a three four players if the coach had that pressure denmark would have not come till the semi finals so they had then the best example i can tell for the mindfulness practice over here Great. just try to forget what has happened in the past because has anup told like 
football is a game where you learn from mistakes yeah, yeah. so so whatever has happened previously try to learn from it and get through it because that's going to be the great success in the yeah. matches see that's what that's what experience is all about experience yeah. is the greatest teacher we say okay yeah. now uh, anuprash uh, though football uh, is a team sport it can also be an individual sport uh, for a simple reason that when the ball is with the player it becomes an individual game according to me okay what he does with the ball matters most to the prospects of the game the the pass he can give the block he can do when the ball is with the player it's it's is what about what he does okay what he does the kind of pass the kind of block the kind of uh, penalty kick he does is all important to the team what do i have to say uh football is a uh, is a is a mind sport like uh, no i have first uh, tell us about the group sport and the individual sport group uh, sport okay so what we talk about is uh, it is a it, you can say it's both when the player has got the ball let it be is an it's it's all up to his head it's about his decision making yeah. about what he does what the ball what he wants to do where he wants to go whether he wants to pass he wants to dribble he wants to shoot or whatever but his what he does is his own decision and he sees it best okay but now the player who does the best decision is a better player simple as that but then if when he has got the ball the rest of the 10 players are not going to stand the rest of the 10 players are going to move according to the ball the situation of the ball so who who's going to make the run and who's going to give a best option who wants to go for the pass or who wants to go overlap or whatever you want to give the best option to your player who's got the ball so who is giving so i i do i won't say it is a individual sport it is a team sport but well, yeah when the ball is with you it's an individual sport it's about what it's, the individual it's an individual does. sport you know, i'll come but I, the I'll rest of the 10 players the rest of the 10 players are not going to stop only if the rest of the 10 no, players no, are going no, to coordinate no 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 i mean let me let me let me bring uh, come from the previous questions what we discussed now see previously you missed a serious uh, uh, something as we mentioned no you made a big mistake it is still weighing on your mind okay it is still weighing on your mind you are still thinking about it and suddenly you are asked to take that penalty kick if you are still thinking about it you will spoil your next penalty kick so so the every player has to should be able to let go of what happened see now if one player is very sensitive if he is very emotional because of what happened then he can spoil the game that that one penalty kick matters for the side isn't it that one kick so every individual is important and uh, of course you can't have yeah. as you said every individual is important but the whole the whole team as an individual is a team sport right is a team sport i, I don't uh, deny that yes it is a team sport but the individual is also important that's what i am coming yeah to. true true every individual like yeah. you said yes. every person every player puts a 100% yes, yes. then the whole team puts a 100% yes, even yes. if one person puts a 70% the yes, team yes. performance is dropped to yes, 30% yes. see so many times it has gone to the penalty and it has gone to the last shot and sure, yeah. important it is now the individual is coming in it's his last shot is important for the team isn't it true yes. as an individual you, yeah see, through what is saying up on this uh, on this point i want to say something every sport is a mind sport why because because it's not every is not even though it's a physical sport all the signals have to come from the brain and without the signals coming you can't move your body okay and if you are if you are coming in your own way with your thinking your negativity your stress your panic your nervousness your anxiety and all that it will come in the way of your game 
and your you can spoil your own game you can come in the way of your own performance so every game is a mind game mind sport and because i say the, the brain and the mind are very very important in how, how do you perform how you execute okay so just because you see these are physical sports we think they are only physical sports but it's the mind that decides the best from the rest okay now coming to the next point anand uh, you are a person from the football analytics background can you tell us why data science is important and analytics is necessary for football uh it is one of the most important uh, pillars of football these days uh, especially with data science uh, you know ruling the world at every corner and uh, it is not a surprise that football has uh, football is being influenced by data a lot as well these days uh, i'll just give you a couple of examples uh, to start off with uh, the example of uh, real madrid i was just reading a news on twitter uh that today today itself they published a picture on their twitter handle where the players are wearing a mask and they have a machine here on their shoulder and what it my machine is actually doing is it's actually uh reading your oxygen and carbon dioxide levels now these carbon dioxide and oxygen levels are then converted into performance parameters and these performance parameters are then translated into how to enhance the efficiency of a player on the ground so this is one sort of analysis uh, although it's a performance analysis tool but even this this performance analysis tool it leads to certain data and this data is then interpreted and then used to enhance performance of players another example i would like to give is about a club called brentford now brentford uh, this year they have qualified for the premier league uh, which is the english premier league uh, last year they were playing in the championship which is a second division in england and uh, before uh, before the owner took over uh, say some 6 years or some years back uh, i'm not 100% correct about the when did the owners took over but uh, what actually they brought uh, was they brought in a model which is known as the xg model now xg model is the expected goal model now this is a data which the model, uh, which the owner started checking out and on the basis of this model they actually and they actually started buying players and uh, now they have bought so many players and they have earned so much you know through them so they they bought a player for 2 millions or 4 millions in only watkins and then they ended up selling only watkins to aston villa for 35 million dollars uh, pounds then they bought uh, uh, konsa they sold konsa to aston villa they bought neil mope and they sold neil mope to uh, brighton another big club in the premier league and this with the help of this data model they have basically uh, data model and specially focus on expected goals they bought up a lot of players and then sold them for like 10 times more so and this and this way of selling players and uh, and improving and and again whatever profits they were earning they were putting it back in their club and by doing so this year they are promoted in the premier league and they'll be playing in the premier league so that a huge uh, uh, huge component that why data is so so important and how it can make your club from from a niche club to a big club uh and now i would also like to analyze uh, a certain things and this is uh, i'll be analyzing spain italy and uh, and england just in brief uh, england and italy we can understand why but spain uh, spain will actually question uh, will answer some of the, what jiju said and some of the things that anup said so i'll just go through some of the stats uh, one of the stats 
one of the analytical stats that you, we usually don't see because we usually see standard stats and standard stats are your goals, assists, and clean sheets. Clean sheets is when you don't concede a goal. And uh, these are some, you know, complex stats. So let's start with the shots on target for 90 minutes. So shots on target for 90 minutes, out of the top six, four of the players are from one team, and that is Spain. So number one is Poyer Zabal, who is, who is 2.16. Number three is Danny Olmo, again from Spain, who is 1.9. Number fifth is uh, Gerard Moreno, 1.62 shots for 90 minutes. And then you have Morata, who is 1.6 for 90 minutes. Number second is Dolber. And number number fourth is Patrick Schick from Czech Republic. Out of the top six players, like four of them are from Spain. So what it kind of shows is, even what Anup was saying and even Jiju, like Spain did get those opportunities. They were taking those shots, but it wasn't on the left or the right of the goalkeeper. It just didn't go in. It's just a phenomenal start to see that four of the top shot getters in the tournament were from Spain. Another really important uh, complex start that I checked before you know analyzing a player is non-penalty expected goal plus expected assist. A player can score a lot of goals from penalty, although I'm not saying that okay, scoring penalty is not important, but it's a bonus, in my opinion. You need to practice your penalties, but you can't be dependent on a victory from a penalty. You know, you can't say, okay, I, I was not, I was not given a foul, and that and uh, that is why we lost because we we didn't get the penalty. I mean, that's kind of a bogus answer. What's more important is, apart from the, that penalty, what was your expected goal and your expected assist? Now, again, no surprises at all. Out of the top five, three of them are from Spain. Uh, number one is Kai Howard. He had a good tournament, no doubt. Number two is Cristiano Ronaldo, another uh, really good tournament. He scored five goals and gave assists. So these two names are not surprises. But number three is Oya Zabal at 0.9 NTXG plus XA for 90 minutes. Number four is Sarabia, who's 0.9 again for 9, 0.9 expected uh, NTXG plus XA for 90 minutes. And number six is again Danny Olmo, who is 0.86. It's like close to a goal. If we tally all these things, Spain should have scored some around 15 to 20 goals in this tournament because their shots on target and their NTXG, all of them account to at least around three each per match. And they played and they played in semis, so they played around six matches. They should have scored 18, but how many did they score? And that is why that is why I feel that Spain really underperformed this tournament. Uh, one of their midfielders, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but Pedri. Uh, against Italy, actually recorded a 100% pass completion rate. And he is just 18 year old. So that shows that Spain as a system, they were floating in the right direction as a team, but near that D-box, they, they were not able to penetrate. And this is something which even Juju mentioned, and even Anup. And I, I feel because of this, Spain will look into their forward lines and into those guys, how they can, how, how the manager can tweak their finishing. Maybe it's not physical, because they have reached the level, maybe it's more mental. I don't know whatever the problem is, maybe. But this is a key. This is a key action point where they have to work on because every all the stats are with them. Okay. Coming to one last bit was uh, um, apologies. I'm taking a lot of time on this, but one last bit was about about Italy and England. Now another very important statistics that I look into account is goal creation action for 90 minutes. Now, in goal creation action for 90 minutes, in the top nine, there are two Italians and one English player. Now, the two Italians are Marco Verratti and Borella. Both of them have produced a lot of goal creation actions for 90 minutes. Now, goal creation action for 90 minutes is your 
uh, is the final two actions before a goal is scored. And the one player who makes the top nine of this list is Jack Grealish from England. Now, this is so surprising because Grealish has been on the bench. Now, it is no, not a surprise that whenever Grealish has come, even in the match against Germany, he came and he gave an assist. Even in the match against Denmark in the semi-final, it was Grealish who came on. And after he came, uh, England actually scored the winner. So, Grealish has been very important. But Verratti and Barella, they are, they are starting for this Italian team. They are playing all the 90 minutes, while Grealish is playing just the 15-20 minutes. And he has been the most creative player in the league. Coming to the second creative stat, which is uh, key passes for 90 minutes. Again, in this list, uh, in the top six, th- there are two Italians, and that is Verratti and Insigne. So even in key passes, we don't see any of the English players. So I think uh, on the basis of this analysis, I feel the Italians, the midfield, they are producing more goal creation options and they are producing more key passes. So the creativity balance uh, lies with the Italians right now, uh, based on the. Yeah, hey, Anand, uh, I have to, sorry, I have to cut you short because you're done. An hour on the uh, discussion, it was really worthwhile. Uh, now, uh, guys, we are coming to the last question of the evening. Okay, uh, it's been a long time since uh, England won a major tournament. Uh, it was in 2006 uh, that Italy won its uh, last World Cup. Now, a big opportunity for them uh, to bring back the glory of the olden days. Uh, okay, now I want each one of you to just say uh, what's uh, who you will put your money upon, which team you will you bet to win the uh, EuroCup 2020, and uh, who will be your best player. Okay, keep it short. Okay, come starting with Anup. Uh, uh, yeah, Anup Raj. For me, I would take upon uh, Italy. Uh, they have a solid uh, goalkeeper, solid defense. Yeah. And already mentioned, uh, Anand already mentioned the key players in Insignia, Immobile, and Giorgino. So I would take upon Italy. Expect uh, Sterling and uh, Kane to do something, but I think Italy would have a slight edge over England today. Okay. Tomorrow, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's hope. Okay. Uh, Jiju? Uh, I would go with an England team because they are the young team and uh, they have a fast paced game. So I can tell England might do. Miracle in this because I feel like uh, Italy is too uh, is fast enough, but England I feel like their wingers are too good because most of the goals they have scored is through the wingers itself. So I feel like England is going to do great. I go with England. Okay, okay, Anand. I think I have spoken enough. Uh, I'll not look beyond <laughs> no, the. Start. <laughs> you have to come in with your last chip in with your last uh, uh, opinion. Okay. Well, uh, there was a really important point that Anup raised uh, at the start of the discussion, and that is whosoever plays best on that particular day is going to win. And that is how it is going to. But at the moment, uh, the stars are with Italy. Sorry, the, the statistic stars are with Italy. So I am going to back them at the moment. Thank you. So thank you guys for uh, joining this show, uh, coming out with your wonderful comments, sharing your expertise uh, about football and. Um, Uh, Thank you for making this show uh, successful. Uh, Let's hope to uh, have a great finals tomorrow. Uh, Let's, uh, okay. So I wish you all the best in your careers. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you once again. Bye for now. Okay. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nice talking to you all. Thank you.
Thank you, Jiju. Thank you again, Anna, Anupraj. It was a great experience for me. Thank you, thank you, guys. Most very good. You didn't. ಇಂಗ್ಲೆಂಡ್ and uh, they are very motivated uh, because the egg broke they are very very motivated and uh, all right but we'll have a very good match uh, anything can happen in the end so thank so you it's 2-2 yes yes <laughs> bet okay 